0: What up everyone? Welcome again to another episode from My Mom's Garage Home Theater Edition Where we take a movie or TV show and throw it back to you full of spoilers, thoughts, concerns, and a rating at the end As always, this is your host Tony with Nikki.
1: Hello, hello my people, how's it going, how's it going, how's it floating? Uh, so this week we're going to be talking about an uh, interesting movie which um, we haven't, I don't know if we've done When was the last time we did what we considered as a horror? Uh, so the one we're talking about though is called Last Night in Soho. Um, so just to give you a little bit of detail about it, it's, so it's about a an aspiring fashion designer who um, you know is very obsessed with the 1960s. This uh, moves to London to could pursue her career and uh, as far as going to school, and she decides to stay in a um, in an apartment, which uh, obviously uh, because of her staying in that apartment, she starts having. Like visions Almost like she kind of Just goes back in time um, And obviously That starts crackling Into her real life And then uh, She starts to see Things uh, Throughout Throughout the, her experience So it becomes An interesting uh, Story with, with As far as mystery And everything else So Before I get into How I feel about the movie Let me Let me go to my co-host here And ask him His opinion first So what do you think?
0: I didn't think it was a horror
1: I, I think it, it was Yeah at the heart I thought horror Was a very Harsh yeah,
0: right. I think it was more of a psychological
1: thriller than anything. Uh, maybe not a psycho- but thriller. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think it was psychological.
1: It was interesting because
0: I, because mm-hmm. she, the, um, what was her name? I forget uh, her name. Uh, ellie. Uh,
1: ellie Eloise, Eloise. Eloise. Eloise.
0: Yes. Yeah, Ellie. Um, she started taking in the pers- she came she came across a little bit of like single white female, which she was, she was literally That's- was. A single white female in the movie, but she 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 idolized this character that she, the 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 um, Sandy was um, take uh, the Sandy that she was watching through her premonitions or her time time warp jumps or anything. Mm. She started embodying her persona up to the point of like she's dying her hair, picking out certain attires that she's like this was what she would wear. I'm envisioning her me as that person, like. Portraying her in real life as I am today. Taking that idea of her. And. It suddenly finds out it backfires on her. Because now she cares too much about this. Character. This woman that she's been. Kind of like stalking. And that's the weirdest thing about that. Is it. That she. Attached herself so much to this one person. That she's never met. Because I understand in the beginning of the movie. Her mom was. There was a reflection of her mom. So she has like these abilities. She, she has an
1: ability. It is well known in the movie so established in the beginning that she has an ability to be able to 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 somehow see things or contact the dead. Yeah. Because that's why her grandmother
0: her grandmother was like, "Oh, um you you you're more like your mother. There's a lot to, there's too much to take in in London that that uh your mom wouldn't be able to handle when she went.
1: No, uh, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, so she did have an ability, but what I found interesting too was that she didn't actually believe um, what was going on was based on her ability at the beginning. Yeah, if you noticed, she thought it was more of just her like an inspiration. Yeah, she, um, she
0: was how she. What did she say? She said in part of the movie, she's like, um, "The '60s resonates with me." No, yeah. and that's So I saying don't know. Yeah, and I think she was like living out this dream. And at at the beginning, the first time, you're like, oh is she living out this dream or is she seeing what's really happening at that time? Looking from the outside in.
1: that's what I'm saying. She seems like she was like almost like, like she's not, she's taking it almost like it's an inspiration of what she wants to be versus that she's living somebody specifically, somebody's specific life. Because then she started realizing a lot of the things that she would see in what she thought was a dream was actually things that existed. Yeah. And that's when she started making the weird connections that you know, like things
0: she saw around town. She's like, I remember this exact room. I remember this exact symbol because it was prominent in the movie in, in the dream state or whatever you want to call it. Like so the time jump state,
1: which I thought was interesting, because like uh, the mo- uh, This is the thing with me. I'm very good at being able to watch these movies, especially horror movies, and kind of that's why I like horror movies, as far as it, they tend to they tend to introduce stories that I've never heard of before. So with this one, at first, like you said, you had the single white female thing, which I've, I feel like I've seen in movies where maybe somebody starts emulating something from like a ghosty, car- almost like Christine. Remember the car thing, where yeah. you know they feel like that they, they, they let the they let the the image or whatever of this spirit start changing them, and then little by little they become darker or something like that. I thought that's kind of what the story was gonna be with this one. So. The Gentleman's without the faces was confusing for me at, for, at first, so then I'm like, wait a minute, is she being haunted by the trauma that the person who died, Sandy was going through? Yeah, so like I thought it was an interesting twist. I thought that maybe, I mean, not that I thought it was gonna be good, but I thought it was an interesting twist that somehow she was haunted by the trauma of the original victim. Yeah, versus just being able just being haunted by the original victim, she's haunted by their trauma. So that's why she would see the. The, all the the faces that like all, all these faceless people coming at her where I'm like but there was no indication that they were the ones that were dead and yeah. it was the the whole idea was that sandy was dead yeah so I was pleasantly freaking surprised
0: with the ending twist
1: like yeah because I thought the movie was a little was becoming a little bit I mean I thought it was beautiful I thought it was the the way it was shot the characters and like how she not only at first she was just living the the dream with this person right she was like she was dancing with was her and, and nine. but the fact that she actually also had to feel like she had to live the trauma from it too yeah like that was this nightmares where she had to sit there and like see how this girl had to basically start prostituting herself um and she she couldn't do anything she was just there like she was just a spectator but yeah. she was like in in her, in that person's body so um i thought that was interesting but yeah the twist at the end was really good like, I, I thought it was such a great surprise where it's like, I just didn't see it coming. And that's what got me. I, you know, I truly did not see it coming. When I don't see something coming like that, it, I love it.
0: Oh, yeah. So, before we get into the twist mm-hmm. and we give out the big reveal. Yeah. Let's, I wanted, I wanted to touch base. So, this one movie was directed by Edgar Wright. And he's done uh, Shaun of the Dead. He's done... Um baby driver, he's done the world's End Scott Pilgrim, he's directed those movies. Uh what's another one that, that stands out? Grindhouse, he's done. Uh I already said uh I already said I'm sorry, I already said uh Shaun of the Dead. So it it based on that, it didn't feel like an Edgar Wright movie.
1: No, it wasn't whimsical,
0: it, it wasn't whimsical, but it opened my eyes to what something he, he he his ability what he could get into when he gets into thriller. Yeah, because like a, this wasn't uh, a this thriller wasn't... movie or a psychological thriller. Because it's not like, like he's was... never
1: done a scary per se movie. Because those movies technically they're a little whimsical, but they're scary, right? Yeah. Um, but no, this was just straight up.
0: He's done Grindhouse, but Grindhouse was oh he did a fake trailer for Grindhouse. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Um, but no, this was this was traumatic. This is serious. This is uh, this is cool. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I want to see more what what he's able to do now. Now, now people are like he's able to do this now. Because mm. sometimes directors they'll stick with they're good with and make a career out of it. And there's mm. other ones that that go out their their wheelhouse and people give him a chance. And and he's a great director as it is because Shaun of the Dead is one of my comedic zombie movies ever. Um, but yeah, so him directing it was I was. I am w- coming into a new Edgar. Wright, I'm like, all right. I thought it was gonna be like whimsical. I thought it was gonna be, it's gonna be like very uh, cab uh, cabaret type funny or like with a little bit of twist of horror into it, like a little bit of mesh of everything. But it didn't. It was like so serious. And um, Ellie's character was believable. I I I I like the fact that she the The transition of her uh being this quite little quiet little girl and very um uh introverted to when she starts taking this little persona of um sandy that she has a little bit more confidence a little bit more of a swagger to her a little bit more of a little bit of uh, more of a boast of her ego and then when she starts seeing that these things that sandy's are going through and then she becomes internally turmoiled about what she's seen because she knows that really happened to somebody, but she can't do nothing about it. And and I like that there was a scene that she was like, um, if she was able to find uh, through these news articles in the 60s of a missing person, maybe she could find the full name of Sandy or her real name or a picture of her so she could tell the cops that somebody did die and she could point out who it would be. And then there was this, then, then that's when all these uh, men or these ghosts were surrounding her, taking like, come, uh, engulfing her around her. And she's running away to the point. She's like, fuck this. And she's like, she just says, like, I'm going to take this into my own fucking hands. And she was about to stab one. It was one of her classmates between right before one of the, another classmate of her stops her, um, and gets a scissor from her hands. But then at that point, I'm like, she is coming into her own bravery. Like, that was a transition because she, was, she wasn't channeling Sandy. She wasn't, like, doing anything that is, wasn't for her safety, if that makes any sense.
1: Well, one thing I liked was that, um and again, not to change the roles of people because those guys, in a sense, did take advantage of her. You know, she did do what she did and, you know, all these different things. But I liked that one, like, that those monsters were, those faceless monsters coming at her, the whole time she's thinking that they're trying to attack her, that she's... Yeah. But then when you actually got to see their faces and got to... Like, I mean, it was a little confusing because obviously they were grabbing her or whatever. But when you started hearing what they were saying, like, you started to actually be able to make out their faces, you're like, wait a minute. Because she thought they were monsters. She thought they were trying to kill her and all these different things. But then when you realize they were begging for her help. yeah. And I mean, obviously, they weren't asking for something noble, but they wanted... They wanted this girl who'd be able to see them to get revenge for their death
0: all right so now we're going to the pot sorry I
1: didn't yeah I guess so
0: we're going right into it sorry. so all right so San, um so when the Eloise moves um, into the this house uh the the landlord uh, this elderly lady was like I don't know anybody there was a lady that died up there comes to find out it was Sandy. So the vision that she saw of Sandy dying Was the Not the Actual Sandy dying But the person that she was She used to be She died She The, the person that she was The person that wanted to be an actress The person that wanted to be a singer, performer, and entertainer Died that moment When she was almost killed by her boyfriend uh, Jack And that in turn, she kills Jack and comes to find out that Sandy changes his name to Alexandra and starts inviting all these guys that that she prostituted for and killed them and hid them in the baseboards and between the walls of the house and everything and the ghost that she was seeing and I think that 's what it was and mm. now, now that I'm thinking about it, the reasons why the ghosts were 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 trying to grab her was to get to her attention and i'm thinking of the sense of like let's say if you're injured or you're hurt you're gonna grab somebody to get their attention to be like or i'm suffocating or anything you'll grab somebody to get their attention like i'm in trouble i need your help Mm. because they're not seeing you for what you really need just seeing you out of the out of their peripheral vision so that's what it was i think they were grabbing her to be like hey focus i need your attention i need your help instead of you automatically assume they're grabbing her to kill her to stop her to die and like, no, we want you to live like he handed he there was a moment that there's a landline that if you pick it up it's only for emergency calls, and one of the ghosts picks it up and goes like help and that's when she starts realizing like they're not trying to hurt me they're trying to help me to stopping her because they she's their souls hasn't passed through because they're stuck there because of her and because she's holding these
1: even though they, it's almost th- like their their souls can't pass until their bodies are discovered.
0: Yeah, and on top of that, even if they are discovered, they did atrocious things to her, that it's unforgivable. But the the weight of them dealing with her was worse than them going to hell, or them stuck in that purgatory in they that just house. They wanted her. her death.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I guess that would be their only satisfica- Satisfaction.
1: It was just crazy if you think about it. To. Obviously, she's never had a vision where she actually literally lived the entire life like that. But if you think about, especially somebody who is sensitive to being able to, like, read the dead like that, right? To be in a room where all those dead bodies are built, like, into the cupboards like that, like, built into the walls and the floors. And you're like, yeah, that would be, (laughs) that would be, like, the worst possible place to put that person. Oh, yeah. Um, and
0: I was thinking about that too. There was a scene that she was like, um, when she first asked if anybody died in here, she's like, This is London. and uh, This city's old. Everybody's dead in every space, every spot you could imagine in the streets, in the house, and the floors. And then I'm like, Damn, what happened? Somebody was like, Super, like, that's never been to a place with so much culture or history to go walk in. And they're super sensitive when they're seeing ghosts and to experience to walk into and to like fucking see everything. I'm like,
1: that I was like that especially that place. No, especially I that liked, place. That yeah. twist was was interesting because like yeah, when she's drinking they're sitting there drinking coffee uh or tea, 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 sorry, tea. It really hit me. I was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah. And I was like, it was like, this that, is a
0: get out moment.
1: But I, I loved it. I loved the fact that I did not see it coming like that where it's like that's the death you saw was not hers. It was the yeah. I mean, if anything it was not just it was this guy's death. Um uh Jack. Jack's death. So, and you're right, it's so funny because she, she gained this confidence. She gained this aggression, this ability to, to fight because she felt she was fighting for the girl, not realizing the girl was a monster the whole time. Yeah. And even, even after that, that's what I loved about the movie, was even after um, she realized who this girl was and what, what kind of woman she is now and that she's trying to kill her. And she's still trying to save her. She's still trying to save her. And I love that. That's what I'm saying. The movie was perfect in that sense. Like and I think the the thing that made it great was because I think it could have easily been a type of B movie that went straight to D V D type, you know, like one of those maybe like those ones you see on Amazon that you know you don't click on. Yeah. Right type movies. Like those very straight to straight to VOD straight to streaming. Yeah, that you don't hear about anymore. Yeah. It could have easily been one of those movies if the actresses that they picked were different. I think the actresses that were in this movie. Oh, Anna Taylor killed it. And so did um, so did the one that played uh, um, uh, Anna Louise.
0: Uh, Thompson McKenzie. Yes. Thompson.
1: I've seen her in. Some and Matt way.
0: Smith killed it. Your boy from uh, yeah Doctor, Doctor Who?
1: Who. Doctor Who, but uh, yeah, Tom, uh, Tom McKenzie, I, I loved her in like uh, Jojo Rabbit. Um. You know all these other movies, like I mean, she's been in something or She's she kills. Her. I think those two actresses right there is what made this movie as good as it is. Yeah. The connection you felt like between them, the the fact that she's like sitting there watching this girl live this life, and she would still, even though it's like a memory or, or something, she would like would step in, which I yeah. found interesting.
0: And that and that was a good transition when they did. I think the dance scene. Mm. There's a dancing that he's dancing, and the camera's rotating around them, mm-hmm. and they'll switch out. And I think that was all done in one shot. And they did it perfectly where he would turn and then it would be Anna, uh, Anna Taylor and then the other one would be Thompson and then mm-hmm. back again. And it just felt so fluid.
1: That was a good movie. I, I really did enjoy it. I was surprised. Um, I know that it was marked as a horror movie, so I thought it was confusing. But And don't get me wrong. it, it Trust me, for people that are sensitive to horror movies, because I know people that don't like horror movies, Yeah. they probably won't like this one. Um, but I think I might be able to convince them to watch just because of the fashion. Yeah, so that's one thing I was excited about too. Is the fashion like that was gonna be like nineteen sixties fashion and stuff like that. It. So it, it was it was good. I think I think it was a good movie. I, th- I love the twist. I loved all of it because, like I said, I'm I'm very rarely pleasantly surprised in a movie, like very. So this one really got me, and I was like, I didn't see it coming up until the very end. So I was happy.
0: And like that, we get into the quotes.
1: I yep. got you. What you, you got? Your,
0: what's your favorite quote of the movie? I feel
1: like we have the same one, but you tr- you still, you go first.
0: Mine was, um, the, it was a scene where uh, Anna, um, well, we we'll call him Sandy and Jack, are mm. when Sandy meets Jack for the first time, Damn. and they're leaving, <laughs> and Jack goes, "The least I could do is uh, give you a drive home," and she's like, "Oh, what's the most?" And I thought that was such a smooth line. Okay,
1: no, I thought you were gonna take the one I, when I had. Which no, was, I think
0: that was a su- That's a smooth pickup line, like for, on any on on both spectrums. Mm-hmm. Like that's the least I could do. I'm like, what's the most? <laughs>
1: Ooh. Well, I like the part where they met uh, for the first time, and the line that she gave was, "Oh, the line was, you know, um, basically the bartender re- escorted Sandy to talk to the like. He goes, oh, the bartender told me to come here.'" And talk to the the handsome fella standing next to uh La Black, which was a woman who was singing that night. Yeah. Right? So the guy just looks at her last and goes, and you are. And she goes, the next Seela Black. Like, <laughs> just, just, just the ego on it. Just, I love it. Like, just, you know, the star of the show right there. Oh, who are you? I'm the next star. Like, just <laughs> flawless. Loved it. So that was uh, my favorite.
0: Nice. So now we get into the ratings. Let's see. What do you give it?
1: Three and a half Nicky's. I think I'm with you on that one. It was solid good. A little bit above average. Yeah.
0: Not just a four, but just good as above a three. So three and a half Nicky's Four. last night in Soho. You can find it on Amazon Prime. It's on to rent for, I think, 20 bucks still
1: right now. Yeah, 20 bucks uh, so early, it's rent. early because it's a it's a, it's a, it's a movie access. theater movie.
0: Yeah, it's still early access for streaming, but you could watch it now. Um but yeah, so go check it out, let us know what you think. And as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episodes from my mom's garage home theater edition. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at from my mom's garage. Or emails at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, concerns, or any movies you want us to, to review for your listening pleasures. As always, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week.
1: Later.